Welcome to tonight's Saturday Night Special, episode 177. Hi, I'm Clint Davis, and I challenge you to invest in yourself. Invest in others, develop your influence, and impact the world by using your time, your talent, and your treasures to live out your calling. Having the ability to share the stories of your life is key, and one way to be inspired to do that is to hear other people's stories and insights. And you can do that right here on the Inspired Stewardship Podcast with my friend, Scott Mader. You got to live with that sometimes. You're 100% right. The assignment is probably a much better word. We've made a lot of words, particularly in the Western Christian faith, so big that they're unattainable. And calling is one of those. The truth of the matter is if we really go biblical, because my degree is in theology, so if you really go biblical, your calling is just to be a disciple. That's it. Welcome and thank you for joining us on the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. If you truly desire to become the person who God wants you to be, then you must learn to use your time, your talent, and your treasures for your true calling. In the Inspired Stewardship Podcast, you will learn to invest in yourself, invest in others, and develop your influence so that you can impact the world. In tonight's Saturday Night Special, I interview Clint Davis. Clint and I talk about how his unique journey and faith led him to developing the Capsule app. Clint shares with you why your story is so important to remember, to share, and to understand. And I also ask Clint to share with you why you may want to check out Capsule yourself and lots more. You know, one area that a lot of folks need some help with is around the area of productivity. Getting not just more things done, but actually getting the right things done can be really tough. I've got a course called Productivity for Your Passion that's designed to help you do this and then to hold you accountable and walk with you so that you can tailor productivity, not just to be getting more done, but actually getting the right things done. What's more, we take the approach of looking at your personality and how you actually look at things in the world and tailor the productivity system to your personality. Because the truth is, a lot of the systems that are out there are written really well for somebody with a particular personality type. But if you have a different approach to things, they just don't work. But there's tools and techniques and approaches that you can take that will work for anyone. And we help you do that in productivity for your passion. Check it out over at inspiredstewardship.com slash launch. Clint Davis is an entrepreneur with a passion for storytelling and preserving the past. As the CEO and founder of Capsule App, Clint empowers others to save their histories and pass on their legacies. Clint's love for the stories that make each individual unique stems from his own remarkable life experiences and his 17-year career in radio and television broadcasting on four continents. Now with Capsule App, Clint is encouraging others to preserve their special memories. With Capsule App, users can gather their once-scattered memories into digital time capsules that can be shared privately with full user control or on an optional public feed to inspire others. Clint is a cancer survivor who lost two siblings at a young age. Clint has always had a keen awareness of the importance of remembering the past while also making the most of the present moment. He was born in South Africa 
and witness the transition from the apartheid system to democracy before moving to Dubai and then to the Gold Coast of Australia. Along the way, he embraced adventure, including skydiving and playing with lions, worked as a high-performance driving instructor, became a DJ at a top radio station, earned a theology degree, appeared on reality TV, and ran a podcast. A decades-long dream of living in the USA was realized when Clint won the green card lottery at a 0.73% chance. He and his wife moved to Los Angeles and eventually settled in Austin, Texas. Welcome to the show, Clint. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to this chat. I, uh, I truly appreciate you uh, giving me the airtime, but uh, more than anything, just to meet you. It's great. Absolutely. I've enjoyed getting to meet you and check out what you're doing. And we shared a lot in the intro, but can you've got a little bit of a different and interesting story of how you ended yeah, up in the so. Texas area. <laughs> <That's> true, <yeah. laughs> so would you share a little bit about the journey and what brought you to where you are right now. Yeah, so happy to use the first three hours to do that. It's <laughs> been a long journey and it takes years to get it down to a shorter version. But most of the guesses come in and they're like, oh, where are you from? Like South Texas, can't you spot the accent? It's very clear <laughs> to me. But uh, yeah, originally South Africa, my wife and I left there in 2008, lived in Dubai for six years and then Australia for two Los Angeles, just next to America for a year and a half. A shout out to all the Los Angeles people that uh, some of you understand that and some of you will revel against that, uh, that comment. And then finally at home in Austin, Texas, where we very became US citizens a couple of months ago. That's the geographic of it. There's so much to that on an emotional side, on a personal side, on a business side, how that journey plays out. But... Uh, but those are the nuts and bolts everywhere along the way, just feeling a sense of calling about where we needed to go, where we needed to get to certain dynamics, particularly as you speak about inspired stu stewardship, particular dynamics about stewarding something along the journey, which isn't necessarily the place that you feel you're going to end up, but you've got to be a good steward of things. And just all the emotions and, and relational stuff that's gone through moving to different cultures, different spaces running your marriage through that, trying to find purpose, all these things. There's no short version to it, but I guess that is the shortest version I can give outside of us entering the States by actually winning the green card lottery, as you so aptly said in, in the intro. And that was just a pure miracle, which we're so grateful for. And here we find ourselves at home in a place that we wanted to live in and out of for the past 20 years. Uh, Truly blessed. Go back to that. You mentioned to me before that you you always knew or wanted the, to end up in the u.s but that kind of took the long way around so to speak but <laughs> I mean, but for a reason not because it wasn't what you wanted to do how do you think god was acting in your life to take you through that journey of australia and dubai and all of these other places before you ended up here yeah it's so interesting, and it's not one that ever really comes to a, a nice little book-ended story, right? Every time I look back, just this morning, I was sitting and praying, and one of the devotional things for the day was just reflect on the difficulties where God's protected you and provided for you. And honestly, it's thanks for the question. I appreciate the space, because obviously what we're working on, we're not it's not exclusively Christian in a sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you journey like this with God— when you're creating something that is for believers or non-believers, 
with the idea that I just think it's important to be on a journey of sorts because I think there's a spiritual fulfilling in your life that can't be filled by anything else. So I don't fully believe that you have to believe what I believe, but I think it's healthy to be on a journey of discovery in the spiritual realm. And I think you'll find truth if you do set out on that journey. So I don't need to convince you, but I think it's good for you. When you're on a journey like that and you truly do believe that you're connecting with a higher power, in my sense, Jesus, God, then you really start to believe in calling and purpose. And the depths to which you're willing to believe that will call upon you to sacrifice to the depth at which you believe you're meant to carry something big, medium, small. It doesn't matter which size of those you're meant to carry. But if you believe that you're meant to carry, which you should believe because you are, then you're going to have this journey where you're going to find leaning on God more for answers and moves and all kinds of things and the victories and the failures and the struggles, all of that. So I think to answer your question, the best is just the struggle sometimes within ourselves in the pursuit of calling and purpose to stay connected to God, knowing that he's outside of time on this plan and we often want him to operate on our grid is the core of just going, I need to just stay connected, and that might be different in different seasons. He might be quiet for long seasons. He might be blaringly loud in others. Some seasons you might wonder if you're even safe still. But, um, the truth is to just learn to engage him in different circumstances. So I think for us, learning to engage God and his purpose and plan for our lives in these radically different cultures, in radically different systems, with different people, and meaning that we needed to shift and change and mold just to fit into society meant that we also had a shift and change and mold in our relationship with him and get it to be a point where it's really real to us, which I think is often a bridge that believers or, in fact, those seeking any spiritual truth don't cross. Is this real in my life right now? And so the reality of God in every circumstance has been the plumb line that we've sought as we've gone through all of this. And that faith journey that you've been on as you go through all of this, has it been a straight line for you or has it been? Only, <laughs> only Scott, come on. <laughs> I know it's a setup question. Yeah. But no, but it's funny. It depends on how philosophical you want to get about it. A straight line in the sense of, have we swayed from what he's called us to? I think, yes, a relatively straight line in the sense that we, lent on divine naivety, for lack of a better term. We haven't w needed or even wanted to know all of the specific details of every move and every decision. Pl the decision has always been made on if we feel God's calling this in our lives, if God's calling us to this. And if that's the case, then we have to answer with a yes, we'll do it before we'll seek out the particulars that could really discourage us before we've just sat with him. And so every move we've done, we've needed to know just enough to make it happen, but avoided the voices and conversations of the things that could really disrupt it. So there's been a straight line for us in that, that we have been solidly true to that. But as far as a straight line of faith goes, no, I don't think there ever is one. I think if we ever claimed that, then we're in some difficult water because not even Jesus had that, a straight line of faith. and. And certainly none of his disciples or believers that followed. It was always up and down and in and out. The great fathers of the faith were often con contemplating if they were saved or not. And these are the writings that the faith is built on often. Certainly modern contemporary Christianity. But as I like far as call straight, the, I like to call the disciples the disciples right. sometimes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so true. So true. But as far, 
as as far as ge- geographics go, we always felt in our hearts that we were called to the states. We felt that from when we were kids. I played baseball for twenty eight years, and that sort of shaped into the culture. Talk about divinity. My God, my my wife had the same sense growing up, and then when we came together, and some of the calling that really felt as clear calling that we carried together for the better part of thirteen years together and twenty years individually meant that we felt called to the states, but there certainly were a few detours on the way. Probably the biggest one for us was Australia, where we never felt it was part of our call, but certainly we're sure that God is calling us there at the time. And so as far as a straight shot to the States, no, that was a detour. But looking back, so important. And and yeah, I guess some things that aren't on your straight line to where you think God's calling you can add to the journey if done well, and others you got to be really cautious of. I don't know if that answers your question. That's a very philosophical question, a straight line. It's really, it's almost like drawing a straight, uh, a perfect circle. Are you mad enough to do it? I think, Try to do it. Yeah. I think the straight line might follow on right after that conversation. I think part of what you just said, though, is important because I think a lot of times we, we don't see how God is operating in the moment, but then looking back on it later, it's, oh, okay, now, now I see why that what felt at the time like a frustrating detour yes was a necessary trip yeah absolutely absolutely and more and more often than not to shape our character more than anything Um, i'm not we always got to remember that god gave the gospel to fishermen jesus Mm -hmm. gave the gospel to fishermen and so anything above that level which is a high level actually we discount Mm -hmm. them but fishing's not easy i don't know about you scott no, they were but professional they were, fishermen. Yeah, this was absolutely. what they did for a living. This That's is- right. That's right. And emotionally, they were living with all the struggles of day-to-day right. food and Roman occupation and Pharisees and all this stuff. So it took some EQ, I think. We think EQ is a new thing. I don't think it is as new as we make it out to be. But yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. I think tapestry is the best word. The tapestry of this journey with God doesn't need to be clear cut and straight all the time. I think hindsight is just where you have to live at some point. And it's both humbling and I think I think a lot of part of maturity comes from that sort of journey as well. Understanding there's highs, lows and every relationship has distance and closeness. And you travel through it, even with God. So you've used the word a couple of times of calling and yet, as we covered in the intro, you've done a lot of different things. You have this tendency to throw things out. And I played baseball for 28 years. Or, and wow. I did, and I was a radio person. And I was this. And yeah. I, you've done a lot of different things. How do you define calling? And how do you see your calling kind of showing up through all of those diverse places, activities, steps that you've taken? Yeah. I think it's ongoing. I think you discover as you go. The deepest desires when we're younger or when we're feeling unsettled in life or not sure about our calling is to find it out right now and define it. And that's really tough to do, man. It's hard to, I think the biggest struggle we had in calling was just to know that you have a calling that's going to arrive for you one day. You might be drawn to it now, but you're waiting for it to arrive. And not just living for that moment, but actually living in the time right now. You need to be present because everything that you're, in pre- you're present with right now are the things that will shape you for that calling. The truth of the matter is that calling, if you believe in calling, even purpose, and you believe then that it's bigger than yourself, 
because it should be bigger than yourself and that you're going to have to shape and journey to get there. And if you believe it's going to impact the world, that's great. If it's going to impact 10 people or one person, just as important. But if you believe in calling, then you certainly must believe that a calling came from somewhere higher and it must be bigger than you. So if you believe as my belief is that God instilled a calling in each of us from the point of creation when he thought about you, because I believe that's in the scriptures. But certainly as you start to work that out in your human skin, then you got to believe that the timing of that calling is also out of your hands as much as the ability to fulfill it. And so therefore, all you can do is steward where you are now, steward the context you're in right now, Hope and pray that is the right context you're meant to be in at the time, but also knowing that God can use any context to shape you. So it's not as big a deal as we make it to be, as long as our hearts and characters are right. Then the timing of that calling to be revealed is not in your hands either. Just stay the course and keep going. I look at our lives now and the kind of maturity and the kind of humility that we've had to develop over the time and the frustration that we carried all those years going, come on, Lord, when is this going to happen? Come on already. Isn't it time already? I look at that now in the context of what we've been to be doing right now. And there's two things. The one is we would never have pictured, and I speak about we, I speak my wife and I, because the business yeah. might be mine, but we're a team, right? Um, the timing is not something we could ever have worked out. And that's both on the type of project we do now. We never thought we'd be doing this in business pure calling, and then also the type of person we need to be for now and for the future. And we couldn't have managed either of those. But I will say that on the topic of type of person you need to be, there is this journey of maturity and character building that I see many give up on because they become frustrated at the timing of reaching the calling. The truth is that you must enjoy the journey and sometimes it's not always enjoyable, but know that there are things being built in you that are going to help you be a good steward of what's to come and are going to help you. This is probably the most important thing that when you start walking in your calling, that is indeed your calling. There are many things, as you mentioned, that I walked in, radio and high-performance driving instruction and all these awesome careers that have given me great opportunities, but never felt like my calling and lived in a lot of frustration of that. Instead of just enjoying the lessons that I need to learn at the time, knowing that he will reveal the true calling when the time is right, and I'll be the true person for that at that stage. So it's that idea of… Hindsight's great, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, Hindsight's sounds always great. great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not like you got it all figured out, but. <laughs> and the truth is, I'd be willing to bet, and I think you'd probably back me up on this, that if we were having this conversation 10 or 20 years in the future, that doesn't mean that you would be at exactly the same point, and you shouldn't be, it, it, because it's 10 or 20 years in the future. New right. things have happened. You've learned and, stuff, yeah. hopefully. And I <laughs> yeah. think that's probably, you know, that is just as important, Scott. You hit the nail on the head there because isn't it also true that as people feel frustration in seeking a calling, many find solace in not having that frustration anymore by stopping at a certain point. And if you're a pastor of a church, probably one of the great examples, right? Like easy to get stuck. I've been there. I've been a pastor of a church. So I know you can get stuck there quite easily in the sense of this is where I am. This is where God's put me. This is where I'm meant to be. I put it to you that ministry, as with anything else, is seasonal. And that is not something to be scared of. That is something to enjoy because what could the next season hold with the character and principles and difficulties and triumphs you've had in this season of pastoring, say, for example. So getting stuck at a point 
is just as detrimental, I think. You're right. Calling always grows. It always moves. It's a movement word. It's, you know, it's the conversation. and I, You could have it in church. You could have it at work. You can have it in your relationships. You could have it where you look at each other and you go, but this is how we've always done it. <laughs> yeah. well, here's the thing, right? We confuse our modern, especially the Western world, confuses context with calling. Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. different things. And we think that just because we're in a context where we're delivering change, that is our calling. That's not always true. There might often be a bigger context for you to move in. I would say generally there is a bigger context for you to move to, and that is attached to your calling. But when you get stuck in context and confuse that as your calling, yeah, that's problematic for sure. As part of that, I use the word you know, the assignment versus your calling because I think yeah, a lot of times we can – I think we're saying basically the same thing using different words is that this is what I'm doing today. Therefore, that's my calling. And it's like, no, that's just your assignment. Yes. <laughs> your assignment may change. 100% and yet true. The purpose yeah. behind it may not change as much as you think it does. It shows up and it, it feels like a huge change, but often it really isn't as big of a the purpose part, the calling part, the underlying part isn't as big of a shift as it might. Looking yeah. from the outside, you're like, wait, you did that? Now you're doing this? How do those relate? But Oh, I'm sure there's so many yeah. people watching my life from the outside going, oh my gosh, you just scattered <laughs> all over the place. You got to live with that sometimes. But you, you're a right. The assignment's probably a much better word. We've made a lot of words, particularly in the Western Christian faith, so big that they're unattainable. And calling is one of those. The truth of the matter is if we really go biblical, because my degree's in theology, so if you really go biblical, your calling is just to be a disciple. That's it. There's nothing more than that. It's just to be a disciple. So if we really whittle it down, yeah, are you discipling well in the current assignment that you're in? And I think if you keep doing that, it'll only be from heaven one day that we look back and go, okay, I was actually operating in my calling. I all know, of your beautiful. strength, all right. of your mind, all of your heart, and exactly right. you're loving that's your neighbor that's yourself. And love you your neighbor. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> it's not rocket science. But, How, uh, however. I will contest that those are actually really hard commandments. That, to yeah, do loving your neighbor one's a tough one. <laughs> That's a hard one because I'm perfect and everybody else needs to change. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good segue into some of what you're doing now. And let me start with this. Why do you think it's important? Here we are in the Christmas season and the holiday season, which can be a wonderful time for some people. And it's a really challenging time for some people. Sure. Why do you think it's important for people to share their stories and understand their own story? Yeah, absolutely. That's, as you know, that's, every, that's all we're about right now with Capsule. But I think, firstly, I'd like it to go beyond what I think. I'd like it. We have started a company, we have launched an app that we believe is going to change humanity. But at the end of the day, that change only comes through a movement. We don't see, it's very rare that a product strikes and instills generational change. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, if you look at that on tech front and all of that, great. Look at what Apple did. Look at what various great inventors, what Elon Musk's doing. Yeah, sure. You change the world, you change tech, all of that. But to change the fabric of humanity, that's a difficult one but tech can impact it. And so telling stories has always been a core to shaping human legacy, human future, defining eras. It always has been that. Storytelling is probably one of the most natural, normal human elements that we have. Sit down and watch Netflix tonight, right? It's storytelling. Mm -hmm. 
read a book. It's storytelling. Share your weekend with somebody when you get to the office on Monday. It's storytelling. You can't escape it. Those who have escaped storytelling are often those who are really lonely, those who don't have someone to talk to or someone who will value their story. And so we're creating this for them as well. And I think to answer your question, there's a few reasons. I think that we are sitting at the end of an era at the moment. I believe we're moving into a brand new era of humanity. I believe that those of us alive right now, which hopefully if you're listening to this podcast, you're alive, then it should be a given. Or you can go oh, no, deep I, on that. I, I, I could go for the ghost listener show yeah, and the not alive yeah. listenership. That would be that's good. right. That's right. Um, it's a new audience. It's a new audience. <laughs> yeah, total rebrand now. You should understand that you have a role in shaping the next era of humanity. How will business be done? How will connection be done? How will things change? How will tech be done? We are literally getting the chance to shape an era. And that's exciting. But understand that of 7 billion people in the world, you are entirely unique. No single person on this planet has had the same opportunities, same questions, same challenges, same thoughts, same people around you, same processes as each other. It's absolutely impossible. Exactly the same, everything identical, which means that you are unique and your story is unique. So when you think about defining an era, big words, when you think about just defining your family or just defining yourself, consider this as your start point. You are unique. Your story is valuable. And it should be saved and it should be shared. So those stories around dinner tables, yeah, that's great. But that story comes from you. It comes from your perspective, comes from your living, comes from your character. It's richer than just recounting events. It's richer than 30 pictures on social media posts to show that you have some perfect life. We're after the meaning behind it. We're after the moment. We're after why it impacts you and what that shapes in you to give to the world. Stories are one of the most valuable, free things that we have and yet we're neglecting them so what are you doing that's different with capsule why do you think this approach is if stories are universal and we all tell them yeah what's different yeah i think the core is that we're losing the meaning of those stories Mm -hmm. when you think about when stories were transferred in ancient times these stories were literally life and death there was survival. Now, you can look at Israel, for example, and you can go, this is a story-based nation. Everything was story. Part of their very culture was to sit around and tell kids the stories of God and what he'd done in their lives. Dream of what Papa, is Papa, why to is come. tonight different than the, every other night? Exactly right. Exactly right. And you talk about the Jewish faith in the sense of longing for the Messiah. This is a story that was told that held them true, that held them true to their principles, true to their character, true to the fact that we're all human and we connect and we have greater purpose. How much of this have we lost in the digital age? So when you think about pre-Facebook times, we would have a little bit more intent, not a lot, you'd have to go probably further back, but not a lot, but we had intents still over photos in shoeboxes, albums, telling stories, memoirs, these things. We used to leave things to the next generation. And in doing so, in writing those memoirs, in looking at those photos, we discovered a little piece of ourselves. We discovered a little piece of our relationships, a little piece of our history, a little piece of our value. And we have not done that well. We've seen a change over the last eight to 10 years, largely because of that blue social media giant that has made us, I forget the name, it's in the past somewhere in my mind. <laughs> it's, don't make me antagonistic. I can go all day on 
look of face, yes. Okay. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And while we can appreciate what they've brought to the table in innovation, because sure. we wouldn't be thinking like this without that, and we can honor that, in the same light, we can go, this is the first version of it, and we need to rebuild this, because we can see the detriment of it. We can see how ethereals become. We can see that there's very little meaning behind our digital content anymore. It's all about how we look or what we're saying or our opinions or whatever. There's no real me. So what we're doing that's different is upgrading the approach to digital content, right? Now, there's a big world thing about this, and there's a personalized thing about this. Firstly, personalized, with Capsule, you have full control over your content. So you can share it privately with only the people you want to share it with. And I'm happy to expand on this, but I don't want to, it's not a big product push right now. I'm just trying to tie the ethos to it. But we understand that public pages create divisive and abusive spaces. A lot of us don't go on Facebook anymore because of that exact thing. Some stranger calls you out on your opinion and thinks that he has the opportunity to just spill this whole rhetoric on you and doesn't know you. Doesn't know your heart, doesn't know any of that. So now you can share stuff privately with just the people you want to share it with in digital time capsules. In doing that, you have control over your content, but you also are connecting in a way that's like inviting people to remember a memory with you. Right, inviting people to actually stop, look at what you're doing with your life, your content, and go, wow, okay, that's awesome. That's great. There's a lot of neuroscience behind Capsule, too, that draws you into the past and recognizes your value. But we've also gone away completely from public comments, from any form of likes. We're a subscription-based model, so we do not track you whatsoever. Um, next time you open a website, just click on the Instead of clicking accept cookies, cookies is just a nice, friendly word for tracking, go and look at who tracks you. You There's always an option there to click on it, and you'll find there's probably 100 trackers that are tracking you. Now, sometimes tracking is good. It can bring you stuff that you want, but most times nowadays tracking is bad because it's looking where you are. It's trying to target you. They're selling your information to target you and all that. We've gone completely against that, and we've also gone as far as to to contract with our users that your content is owned by you. So when you upload stuff to most of the platforms you have now, it's not owned by you anymore. They own it. Uh, We don't believe that's true. It should be in your control. You should own it because the value of your story should outlive us all. And tied to that is generational sharing. So with Capsule, you can pass your stories on through generations. So what is different? It's hard to just surmise it because there's so many things we're attacking. But what is different is the ethos of what we're doing, the way we're asking you to engage in your content, to restore the meaning of memories, the meaning of valuable connections. And in doing that, I believe that we will reshape and recapture what we had before in the sense of the way we connect in humanity. Because if I can recognize that my story is valuable, and as I'm like capsuling and putting thoughts in there and putting past things in and connecting with people – privately and sharing this and people are like, oh yeah, remember that? I wouldn't have remembered that if we didn't have this capsule or this conversation or whatever. Wow, school days. You start to remember this journey you've had and that you've made it. You're still here. You have value. And in your own value, you'll recognize other people's stories are also unique. And I think that in our fabric of society, in our day-to-day connection, we can recapture the meaning and the way we connect with each other just by this value proposition of the life we've lived already. We look so far forward all the time. The truth is there's a lot of richness in looking back. And that's not to say that we're a savior story for one day type thing. We believe that in using it now as well, 
for your day-to-days now is just as important because you're recognizing where you are in the moment and how valuable you are in the connections around you. So our big audacious thing is to reshape the tapestry of humanity globally in how we connect with each other. And we've seen that happen to the adverse over the last eight to 10 years. We think we can change it back in less. That's the mission that we're calling people to join us on. So who do you think it's for? Who, somebody hearing this now, who's the audience, who's most interested in participating with this kind of, of movement? Yeah, the uh, the natural answer for a, a founder is everyone, right? Everyone, right? <laughs> everyone, yeah. And truly, it, that is our heart, that everybody would. The, mm-hmm. the thing for us is just reaching different different people in different stages of life. For example, it is tech, right? So as much of our heart is for older folk to be able to save their stories before we lose them, truth of the matter is that technology challenges is a real thing for older people. And so the connection that we're wanting to recover is also determined by the connection that people are willing to make in this current state. For example, those older folk, you're going to need possibly, as, as simple as we've designed it for you to use, and it really is quite basic. I understand that sometimes th- two buttons is okay, three buttons is a stretch. We need your kids to help you capture your stories. We need your grandkids to help you capture your stories. Now, let's think about what's happening. Is this a strength or a weakness? It could be a weakness in the tech that we could make it simpler for you. Or it could be a strength in that the way we're asking you to use the tech actually requires human engagement. And that's really what we're after. We're after the human engagement. So for us, somebody sitting and helping their grandparent gather their story is an incredible moment, right? So we're after that, and we're happy to jump over those hurdles and help you get there. The other side of it is youth. A lot of youth doesn't recognize that you've got this journey, you've got this story, you've got this richness. And so when we looked at our target market, certainly for launch until we can scale properly and then let it reach out to younger and older, we looked at 30 to 65. That's where we aimed as a launch target market. Because these are people that understand that you've lived a little, you have a journey, you have stories to tell, there's value in it, you want to leave it for your kids and the next generation, you can understand some of the weight of this. And that really is the approach that we had. That said, we've got 14-year-olds on the app that are crushing it and loving it. And I get so excited because as sad as I get when I see another World War II vet that's passed away, I think about all the stories we've lost there. I get equally excited when I see a youngster using Capsule and going, this is my 16. And knowing that one day she'll look back when she's 60 and go, wow, look at this. This was my 16. Mm. This is when I was 16 years old and I was with these friends and all that. So that's why I say it's very difficult. It's a very tricky marketing proposition for us in that we can be perceived as an app that is for the past and history. And I'll get to it one day where the truth is your history is now. And we want you to save it now so that you have it one day and generations do too. So it's for everyone, Scott, honestly. But I think, I think those sort of parameters, we're certainly not after the young TikTok generation for various reasons, both ethos and, and how that works out. But mm-hmm. I think for us, the definition of the community on the app, the movement that we're creating, these are the things that we're very aware of and those certainly relate to a certain age demographic Mm -hmm. uh, at this time. So what's the, beyond age, what do you think is the psychographics or the the pain point or the, what is the problem that you're solving in the mind of someone who's hearing this? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest problem is that we need to engage our digital content in a different way with a different mindset. We've come as far as to the point where we realize that it's throwaway now. I post on Facebook just because it's there or Instagram because I want a picture, I want the feed to go. But the truth is that our histories are saved in our digital content. Our digital content is scattered across many different social platforms whom we realize we can no longer longer trust. We've contracted and changed that so that we hope to earn your trust back. We totally understand that as we are trying to earn our own trust back. But it's scattered and impossible to pass on. So there's a hurdle of having to engage in your content in a different way. And there's two difficulties to this. One is there's a mindset change in that you need to, instead of looking for the perfect picture, just take a picture, put it up, and tell the story of it in first person. Just put a few words in there. If you were hiking in the Himalayas and it was freezing cold, just go, our hands were so cold. And that will draw you into the picture. That'll draw other people into the picture. Go, wow, yeah, I've been there. It is pretty cold. Or deeper, record yourself in first person, telling your story, telling a story of your life. That's really the ultimate. That's really what we'd love to see happening is your thoughts, your insights in first person. Then put that in a public capsule if you think it'll encourage people, if you're a cancer survivor or something like that, um, as I am. Or put it in a private capsule and share it with just the people you want to see that particular thought of your. Keep it completely to yourself. But the encouragement is put it in a legacy format and pass it on so that others can learn from it. So there is that hurdle of a new way of learning to engage in your content. The other hurdle is that we have saved so much of our stuff on these other social platforms for so long that it is overwhelming. When you get into Capsule and you're like, I am overwhelmed by the amount of stuff that I need to now download from social media and put on here. My encouragement to you is that if you do a little bit a day, you are already engaging in what we're asking you to engage in, in the thoughtfulness of the memories that you have. The other encouragement to you is um, chip away at it because it's worth it. So when you go to your memories, just use your memories and capsule your memories each day. Screenshot it, put it in capsule. We have not created a direct link across because we believe that there are tracking mechanisms that could come across with your content and we want to protect you from that. We also have not put a direct link across to Facebook, any of these, because we believe that there's a trust factor. And for many, when they see that link, the trust is broken, and we are trying to rebuild trust with you. So we're asking you to help us do more work. On our end, we are creating tech that will help you do that automatically. And so we are trying to cover our end for it. But understand this, as the internet moves forward, as digital content moves forward, the truth of the matter is, as Web3 emerges, um, the truth of the matter is that you are going to have to take more ownership over the control of your content and more responsibility over it. And we are helping you do that. And, and it's going to take a bit of work. It really is. Gone are the days of throwing up your digital content and just going, oh, it's there for one day. That's not true. You're getting tracked. You're getting owned. You're losing that content. And it, it's sad, but it's the first version of digital content. We're creating the next move. I've been a hiring manager and it's been true. I was a hiring manager a decade ago. And even then it was like, somebody comes in for a job interview. What's the first thing you're doing before they show up? You're looking right. at social media, yeah. you're Googling yeah. the name, you're trying to do some research. Right. That was a decade ago when it right. wasn't yeah. it's a lot worse now than it Absolutely. was then in terms of availability. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but that's, it's a natural, I'm using that as an example. It's a natural thing of doing it, but I don't yeah. think people recognize sometimes the, the permanence, the trail that they're leaving behind without even sure. recognizing that they're doing it. So. Yeah. It's, and it's, it is, yeah, absolutely. So true because we're all learning this, right? We're, we're mm-hmm. all learning the space as we go. Here's what I can tell you. Do the work to get your stuff onto capsule because it'll be forever. We, you won't have to make a shift again. You'll have it. Mm. How do I know that? Because at the very least, at the very least, at any point, you can download your content. It's yours. You can keep it. You can have it. The fact that we say can is ridiculous. It's yours. Take it, please, if you want mm. it. You know? So it's there forever. You won't have to do this massive shift again. This is really just the next version of how we have to manage our content. It falls on us now if we want to save our memories. For me, probably the easiest, we look at it from a user point because we're users first of the app, mm-hmm. we're owners, and we have a lot of tutorials on the app. We have coach storytelling that helps you tell your story in a better, fuller way, and so we're helping people with that because we understand how hard it can be sometimes mm-hmm. to tell your story. So there's coach storytelling on the app. There are tips like to get started when you're overwhelmed, just start with the photos that are on your phone just there's a natural grouping to those already so just create a capsule upload them don't worry too much about the descriptions just get them in there so they're safe and you can go back as you reminisce and fill stuff in but there are ways that we can overcome this together but absolutely i'd be lying to you if it was just a matter of yeah just plug it in and it'll draw all your stuff from other sites no we're not doing that but there's a very particular reason why we're doing that yeah and so we understand that as a company it would be much easier for us to make money and build users and scale if we did that that's just not our goal at this point. We're trying to reshape a movement of digital content here, which we believe is better for us, better for you, better for humanity. So let's connect the dots a little bit. We started talking a little bit about your journey and passion and calling and these sorts of things. And then we've now been talking a little bit about the app and the storytelling component and the ability to capture both the present, the past, and into the future. How do you think what you're doing with stories and capsule interacts with helping people find their passion, their purpose, their story, their meaning behind their life. Yeah. So great. I think I'll tell you a story. <laughs> I, and I sat with a friend in Australia when I was pastoring a church there and it was the end of the year and we we're on wind down stage and just having a breakfast or for the Aussies, we we're having a break, brekkie mate just over there. <laughs> and it was just, he said to me, I'm so disappointed in myself. I just don't feel like I've done as much as I could have done this year. I don't feel like I've grown as much. I don't feel this. And I, I, I was flabbergasted. I was like, mate, hang on. Let's just go back to the beginning of this year and think about where you were. Let's just go through some of the stuff that you've been through. Let's just talk about how much you've grown. And you're still sitting here and you're worried about that. That takes a lot of character and boldness to worry about how you're doing. And we just unpacked it a little bit. And you start to realize quite quickly that when you look at your story, it doesn't matter if you're a, if you're a, I hate that this is the entry level thing. It should never be the entry level thing. We need to change it in the next era. But if you're a stay at home mom, right? This is a high profile job. You are raising humanity. Come on. But if you're a stay at home mom, unfortunately, you often stay at home mom. should be one of the highest paid jobs yeah, on the planet. Totally, 100%. <laughs> but it's easy to think, oh, I don't have a story. I don't have a, I don't have something right. of value to add. Yes, you do. Quite honestly, if I can be so blunt as to say this, if you're homeless, you have a story. Sure. There's a lot that you're going through that we need to learn from. 
as if you're a high-powered CEO. You have a story. And it's not just how you built your business. It's who you are and the mistakes you made or the growth and the personal things. I don't need to know them, but I'll tell you what, your future family does. And um, I look at the app and I see little movements on the public stream uh, into the sense of how it could be if it was just a public focus. But when we look at the stats and we never look at your public, your private capsules, we do not. That's the number one priority for us. We will not open your private stuff, but we can see how many private capsules are created. That's the encouraging thing for us because people are sharing their stuff privately with those that are meaningful to them. So that sort of thing. So how does it intersect? It's really as simple as this. When you see your story, when you look back on the things you've overcome, when you look back on the even small triumphs you've had sometime, you'll realize that you are a formidable force in whatever area and context, context you are, and however down you might be feeling now, the truth is that's not you. That's a season. And there's more to you. There's much more to you. You just do a long stare in the mirror. Just stare yourself down in the eyes and you'll see there's more to you that you don't even see on the outside. And so in capturing your story, in thinking about who you're going to share it with, you will understand the value that you hold. And you will not only connect others with value, but you'll understand that there's more you have to bring, much more you have to bring out of loneliness, out of maybe even thoughts of taking your own life, things like that. I have been there. I promise you, I can tell you, I've been there. Listen, there's more meaning. There's just more. There's more for you. The problem is not you. The problem is that we are engaging things in a poor way that is telling us that we're worthless, telling us that we're empty, telling us that we're lonely, that we're divided. This is not the truth. It is not the truth. Let's just start to engage in a different way with our lives, with our stories, and with those around us. Promise you, you will see massive value, and we will shape the next world. So I've got a few questions that I like to ask everybody, but before I go, there's I think that may have been the perfect sum-up statement. <laughs> is, is there anything else about Capsule or the work you do that you'd like to make sure that the listener hears? Yeah. I alluded to it, to it earlier. I think the further we get down this road, the more we realize that the app is just, it's a great tool in this mm -hmm. age. You know, fantastic tool because in your hand. Originally, we were just going to build a site, but ended up realizing that in order to reach as many people as possible, it had to be on an app. But the app is just that. It's a tool. It's the movement that we're after. We're after a movement. We want to help you engage. That's why we always stay open to insights. What do you want? What do you want to see? What do you want to change? What's working? What's not working? All of this stuff. But it's the movement. If you're going to save, if you're going to understand that you have value and story and history, the truth of the matter is, as a CEO of Capsule, I want you to save that on Capsule because I know our ethos. I know where we come from. I know that we can put to rest any doubts that you have just by the people that we are as a team. And we try to stay as heavily connected as possible to that. But I also know that the most important thing is not you using capsule. The most important thing is you saving your story. So if you can find a place to do that allows you to upload video, audio, picture in one place and have the controlled sharing and not be tracked and all the stuff that we're offering you, then do that. A lot of people will say, oh, I could do that in Dropbox. Or, Okay, great. Let's talk about that. If your family member wants your Dropbox once you passed away, you're going to need a court order. They're going to need a court order for that. Also, let's be honest. You say you'll use Dropbox. Are you? Are you doing it? <laughs> because most of us like to do that, cop out on something that requires a little bit of effort and just pawn it off. 
Truth of the matter is, if you see value in this, do it. I guarantee we're the easiest place to do it. We're the most trustworthy place to do it. We want you to save your story, but we want you to understand that you are part of the movement. And that's what we're after. We want to shape legacy. We want to shape the next era of the world. We want to shape how we connect with each other and digital content. We're not sh- we are going to shape Web3, which is a whole nother discussion. <laughs> but, but we're here for you and we're asking you to trust us. We're asking you to try it again. So earlier, you talked a little bit about stewardship and you mentioned Inspired Stewardship. That's my brand. Yeah. And stewardship is a lens that I run things through. And yet at the same time, I've discovered that word means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So what does the word stewardship mean to you? And what has the impact of that understanding been on your life? There's twofold here, really. This stewardship of your journey. You have to steward that well. Like I alluded to earlier, one of the hardest parts of our journey was having to steward a calling for the future in a place that you're carrying responsibility. So, for example, we were in Dubai in the Middle East. We had a lot to learn, a lot to shape. We didn't know at the time, obviously. Now we can see how much character was shaped out of us. But we were involved in a very dynamic church in the Middle East, and we were leaders in that church. And it was difficult feeling the call to be in the U.S., And this was like 14 years ago, but also working with leaders on their mission and being present as to what you can add at the time. See, stewardship is not always just your own thing. Stewardship breaks the mold of you thinking it's all about me. Stewardship always starts in stewarding somebody else's dream, always. I've never seen it another way. And even if you carry a dream in your heart from day one, you're still going to need to steward somebody else's dream to learn how to steward your own. And, and that's a circle that goes around. Understand that when you're a boss as well, you'll have people that are part of your company for a certain amount of time, but might need to leave, on, leave and go on to whatever it is that they're called to steward. And that's going to be painful. But that's life, right? That's the goal. That's the meaning of raising mature, character-driven people. So for me, the personal journey of of believing that there's a call for all those years and sticking to it meant that we lost a lot of friends, lost a ton of people we along the way who didn't understand why we were so hard-headed about certain things, why we had to keep going. They wanted us to stay involved in their projects. We knew we had to move on. Just difficult circumstances sometimes. And then all the way to being in a place where I am having these suicidal thoughts. Sorry if that's triggering. I don't mean to trigger, but these thoughts and, and on zero budget to all these countries and on the breadline of becoming homeless, but you feel that you have this call and it's, this is finally in the land of milk and honey, supposedly, and, and it's not happening. And so there's a stewardship there of your relationship with God, your relationship with your wife, which is don't ever underplay that. That's the strongest one I've focused on my whole life and it's it, worth it, trust me. The stewardship you have of relationships, the stewardship you have of calling, the stewardship you have of of finance, all these things, they all have to come together, but understand that they're all shaping you. They're all shaping who you are. They're all tools. And then the other one is just the day-to-day. So the way that my co-founders and I approach this from day one, when I needed uh, I needed co-founders, I prayed about it and I felt names pop in. And when I called them, I was convinced they would not have any interest. And yet here we are. Our head of product gave up a lucrative freelance company that he owned to be part of this massively sacrificial 
but God put him in my heart and the conversation clicked. My other co-founder, Sam Sayed, Anton Devinish's head of product, by the way, Sam Sayed, he gave up 15 years of finance with a major corporation. He could be earning over a million a year and he came down to a founder's income of a few grand because he believes in the mission. But the stewardship from my side was instead of me just kicking my feet underwater like a duck busy on a lake, I actually just go, Lord, okay, who do we need here? And we get that. And that's happened across the board on how we shape the company and it happens in the day-to-day. The way we see the company, no matter how big it gets, is we are just stewards of it. Like I said earlier, if the calling is bigger than you, it's got to be given to you by someone bigger. And that means that you don't know everything. And I lean on my wisdom, I lean on my talents, but the day-to-day decision-making we just see it as stewardship. Every pressure we come under is stewardship. We're going to go to peace and not panic, right? Because we are just here to steward it. In fact, my screensaver says, I'm only the instrument. And that's it. I'm only the instrument. doesn't matter what title, doesn't matter what income, doesn't matter how many people we reach. None of it matters. I am the instrument of whatever season he wants us in. And that's the way I've got to do it. And if he brings it to an end, then it can't be tied to my identity. I've got to understand that's what I was stewarding for the time onto the next thing. Just so happens that I don't think this one will be coming to an end (laughs) anytime soon. That's a nice place to be in. But it's that it's that's not saying that you want it to come to an end or that you expect it to come to an end. But at the same time, if it was called to transition and you go to something else, then it's a hot posture, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's a hot posture. And I think if you can have that posture, then there's so much talk about culture and building culture. And I know that you're a certified John Maxwell coach, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you understand how culture is so Cultures, incredibly important. Eats, everything else for breakfast. Yeah, culture eats strategy for breakfast. That's what they Absolutely, say. Absolutely, 100%. And I think this is a good start point for that. If you can understand that you're stewarding something, then you're stewarding it. If you believe it's from a higher power, then you're stewarding it for that higher power. In my case, God, you're stewarding it for yourself. You're stewarding it for those around you. You're stewarding it for your shareholders, for your users. You're just stewarding it. Because there's no way that you can know it all and just tell everybody what to do. That's mm-hmm. the surefire way to failure. So just steward, steward the pieces. Uh, it changes that you have. your posture towards things because it, it, number one, it allows you to be more content with where you are at the moment, and yet right. at the same time, be interested in drive, driving forward, making it bigger, making a bigger difference, and even a mission or a business that. Because again, at first blush. We're going to change the way the world communicates about story and owning their content and change the relationship. That's big, audacious goal. Yep. And yet, yeah, you yeah. can have that big of a goal because it's not just yours. It's bigger than well, yeah, Scott. Yeah, absolutely. And I didn't set the goal. So yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can take the pressure if had, off. If you had, yeah. it probably would have been different. Totally. It's... And that does, it plays out into your day-to-day because it's like when there's pressure, the team's never, okay, now we have to drive harder, feel the pressure, work the all-nighter. We were like, no, no, hang on. If there's pressure, let's just slow it down and make sure we're hearing right. Let's make sure we're stewarding right. Let's take the pressure off. Firstly, because I don't want our team or any of our staff or people living under pressure. I know that a lot of companies thrive that way. It's just not the way we're going to do it. And the other is I don't want to live under pressure. Personally, if I don't want to, how can I expect anybody else to? So pressure's healthy in the sense. Urgency is a better word, I think. is good. But unhealthy pressure that causes stress and things like that, I'd put it to you that you haven't stepped into stewardship on that. And so that one's for free for you today. 
to step into stewardship and understand that you can only do what you can do with the skills that you have. And when you feel pressure, it's just an opportunity to level up. That's all it is. Just level up in whichever area you need to. Do some learning. Do some relationship building, whatever it is. Go for it and steward it. So this is my favorite question of the episode, though I've been told by some guests they like it and others they don't. So we'll see where you, right. we'll see where you fall on this one. All right. If I invented this magic machine and I could pluck you from the seat where you are today and transport you into the future 150, 200 years, and through the power of this machine, and I, the irony is this machine sounds a little familiar, you were able to look back on your entire life and see all of the relationships, all of the impacts, all of the stories you left behind. What impact do you hope you've left behind? For me, it always ripples out in a way. It's impossible for me to nail down to one. I think overall, I want to be known as a man of conviction. I recognize that there are errors that will be made with conviction. I have certainly made many, but I also recognize that you've got to move. You just have to, you have to move and you have to go for it and understand that some will work, some won't, but be a person of conviction. I think we need more of them nowadays. But success to me really does look like if I can look back and go, wow, that was a ride upon which I became the best version of myself. I think I can live with that. I just, it's the only thread that I can see that strings the triumphs and the failures together. And I can go, okay, I became, I became a better version. And even when I look back on some of the painful ways that I was, because I, I was not a good version of myself for much of it can take the lessons from it now and go, okay, I can see that. I know what brings out the worst in me. I know what brings out the best in me. I want to be the best version of myself. Now, out of that place, whole marriage, right? Whole marriage, healthy, a good father. And these are ordered things now because if, if myself first, right? If I'm not myself, then marriage, then that, then my co-founders, our staff, and everybody that we reach to be healthier, happier, more connected. On the world scale of things, absolutely want to close my eyes one day because obviously we all want to die in our sleep, right? Close my eyes one day. And my last thought to be, okay, awesome. We have helped humanity come towards itself. We have helped humanity connect better. People understand their own value better. People are understanding each other's value better. And out of that space, there's also starting to ask the question of, okay, there seems to be more meaning to this. And that again comes back to what's the meaning of creation? What's the meaning of life? What is the meaning of this tapestry of humanity? I don't know. I don't have a succinct answer to all that because I'm one of us that are on the journey as a human. But somewhere along those lines, I think I, think I can be very happy with. Awesome. Yeah. So. What's on the roadmap as we, we close out this year and look forward into the future? What's coming next for you as, can, as you continue on this journey? Yeah. So we continue to build. It's been an interesting thing for us when we set out. We thought it was going to be the size of a pinhead, and now it's the size of a beach ball, and we can see it being the size of whatever the next iteration is, right? So there's lots that we have to build out still. The journey looks for us in the sense of more users means more influence, hate the word user, by the way, but I have to live with it for now as well. Um, 
just more people using the app, more people saving their stories. That's really how we know that we're we're having effect and change. I truly believe that deeply that if we just do that, we will start connecting better on a human level. And then just strategic partnerships that we're seeking for. We want to work all the way into uh, research partners with uh, Alzheimer's researchers, dementia researchers, see what we can include in order to jog memory, bring memory back. But also on the side of, you think about health carer being able to watch, say, for example, a dementia patient's capsule of their life. They'd be able to care for them better. They'd be able to connect with them better. There's a lot of things. We're looking at VR uh, so you can look into memories, walk through memories, all of that. We're looking at how we can take the place that Facebook and Google had in Web 2, the second iteration of the internet, and they ultimately defined the ethos of the internet as we know it. And as we go into Web 3, which includes blockchain, all this, if you don't know this, go ahead and watch a YouTube video. It's like six minutes. You can find them and it'll explain this to you. Very good to know. We can define the ethos of the new internet, I believe. So that's a big one for us. And uh, overall, Outside of the company, just being happy, just just being happy, free, having healthy friendships, healthy relationships. I think at the end of the day, it all comes down to that. Easy for me to tell you where we want to go as a business, but much more important for me to share that as a user, that's what I'm looking to do. Value my memories, value my life, connect more with people that are dear to me. So I think that's just an ongoing cycle. But there's no end point to this, no massive audacious goal. You know? Out of the subscription money, it's weird sometimes for a CEO to talk about where the money goes because it is so profit-driven. But when you're building a movement, it's different. Out of the subscription money, we build better tech for you, better security for you, all that stuff that we should be doing because we really are just here to serve you at the end of the day and not the other way around. You're not the product to us. So that's important to note. But by the way, if something's free, it's generally oh, yeah. because you're the product. 100%. <laughs> yeah. If you're we haven't sale. learned that by, yeah. <laughs> you haven't learned that by now, it's a good time to learn it. But overall, we just want to do more. We want to be involved with a lot of nonprofits. We want to be giving back a lot. We want to be mm-hmm. really just changing the tapestry of all of it. And so, yeah, we're all on this mission together. And we hope to steward it in a way that, that you can trust us and see that we are just as much just human and using it and try to make this happen as you are. So you can find out more about Clint Davis and the Capsule app over at Capsule, that's C-A-P-S-L-L dot app. Of course, you can look him up on social media and other things as well. Clint, is there anything else you'd like to share with the listener? I think I would just iterate the same thing as I did before in the sense of all these people in the world and you're so unique. Your relationships are so unique. The ideas you have are so unique. It's just, you are so valuable. It's just, it's, I don't know that we have words in the English language for this, you know, how valuable each of us are. And it sounds easy for you to go floofy and go, oh, well, this is just a pep talk or this, that. That's fine. You might see it that way for now, but I'll tell you what, one day, one day it'll click and you'll realize how powerful you are in the sense of your creativity, your thinking, everything. And this is not limited to talent. It's, uh, you can be confined to a wheelchair or you can be bedridden. You can be the world's top athlete. You can be, it doesn't matter. You have a value to give. And I encourage you to give it. I encourage you to save your story. I encourage you to connect differently. I encourage you to, above all else, understand that, that you're valuable. You don't need to be alone. You don't need to be broken. You don't need to be a victim of anything. Get rid of that victimized mentality or now I'm starting to preach. And, uh, and go for it. You got it. 
you got what it takes. So live your life as if it's something valuable because it is. Thanks so much for listening to the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. As a subscriber and listener, we challenge you to not just sit back and passively listen, but act on what you've heard and find a way to live your calling. If you enjoyed this episode, please do us a favor. Go over to inspiredstewardship.com slash iTunes rate, all one word iTunes rate. It'll take you through how to leave a rating and review and how to make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so that you can get every episode as it comes out in your feed. Until next time, invest your time, your talent, and your treasures, develop your influence, and impact the world.